I've been for a number of weeks now looking at a theme about as we approach Resurrection Sunday about drawing closer to the Lord, being with him in different situations as we looked at the Gospels. We began uh, three weeks ago, or four weeks ago, looking at being with Jesus on the mountain. And we looked at the, the story about the mountain of transfiguration and realized that although mountaintop experiences are awesome, we can't live there. We then looked two weeks ago at being with Jesus in the wilderness. And I think most Christians I know understand what it's like to go through a wilderness experience in your life. And then last week we talked about being with Jesus at the well as we talked about his encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4. Our goal with all of these messages is truly just to draw closer to him, to understand our relationship with him in even deeper and deeper ways. In this season leading up to the greatest moment in human history, which is the resurrection. We want to do all we can to focus even more on the Lord. And how many know as we try to focus more on Jesus, there just seem to be more and more distractions. We live in a world today that is convinced it knows everything. Seems to me it knows nothing. So I want to talk today about being with Jesus in the light. They claim they know everything. They truly believe and proclaim to all that they are the enlightened ones. They understand better than anybody else. And they understand better especially than anyone who believes in God. They know best. Yet, in a world that is so obvious to me, is so mired in darkness. This story of Jesus' encounter with a blind man and the reaction of the religious leaders to his healing is so telling. We really get to understand who truly are the blind ones here. John chapter 9 I'll begin reading in verse number one. Now, Jesus, now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be, re be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with his saliva. And he anointed the man's eyes with the clay. And he said to him, go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. And so he went and washed and came back seeing Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously had seen him that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? And some said, This is he. And others said, He, he is like him. And he said, I am he. 
Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes opened? And he answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and I washed and I received sight. Then they said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Trouble. (laughs) Verse 14. Now it was Sabbath. Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened the eyes. We'll stop there. We'll go through the rest of the story in a moment. This story should have been one that inspired tremendous celebration. But how many know even tremendous stories that inspire celebration, they can often inspire criticism. We are so blessed. I think I know everyone here pretty well. No one here has ever experienced being blind from birth. Now, we can shut our eyes and try and get a glimpse of that, but we still have the images and the knowledge of having our eyes sight and being able to, at least with eyes closed, understand these images. And being blind in Bible days was a severe challenge. All he really could do was what he was doing, stand out of, or, or sit in public places and beg. And yet, that's what he was doing to try and earn a living somehow, any way he could. You know, I admire those who, when they're faced with physical challenges, find ways to move forward. I admire those who, when they're faced with emotional challenges, find ways to not stay where they are, but to move forward. Because with Jesus, no matter where you are, moving forward is always a possibility. Then one day, and this is something that can be the testimony of every person here, then one day he met Jesus. We're not told how much he knew about Jesus, if he knew anything at all. And based later what we're going to see on what he told the religious leaders, it appears he didn't know anything about him whatsoever. Now, the details of the story are intriguing. Jesus and the disciples see a blind man. And the disciples immediately ask, who sinned? Because it was the popular thinking of the time that when there were severe infirmities, it had to be because either the man sinned or his parents sinned. It was related to that. It was a common thought. And Jesus said, no one sinned. But because of this, you're going to be able to see the power of God move and be revealed in a unique way. You know, we can have that thought today. When someone goes through tremendous trials, when someone goes through tremendous difficulties and challenges, it can cross our minds, what did they do wrong? What is wrong with them? Aren't you glad God can reveal his glory in your weakest moment? Aren't you glad God can reveal his power and his majesty when you're at your most hopeless place? Lord, when I am down, when I am struggling, when I'm having a bad week, I still serve a good God. And he is still there for you and for me. So many uh, people believe that before they can come to the Lord or before they can set foot in a church, that they have to clean up their act and get things together before they come here. Many believe, well, if the way I am now, if I set foot in a church, it'll just go on fire. I can trust you. Trust me. 
First of all, we have a very functioning fire suppression system here. So even if that were true, it'll activate immediately and nothing will be damaged. But there isn't anybody, no matter how sinful, that when they come into this building won't experience the love of an almighty God as they enter. So come on in. Well, I've got to get my act together first. I can't come to the Lord or to church now. I've got too many issues or problems. People, that's the perfect time to come to the house of God when there are that many issues. That way you can come and join us who are just as messed up as you are. Somebody say amen to that. Unless you're perfect, then you can stay quiet. We are not perfect. We are people who are simply trusting in Jesus each and every day. Now, we have been blessed by being with Jesus. He has cleaned up our lives. He has cleaned up our minds and transformed our thinking. But unless you've really achieved some spiritual state that I'm still trying to find out how to get there, we all have issues. We all still get things wrong. And on a daily basis, usually, we all still get in God's way. That's why we're here to seek his presence, to hear his word, and to grow closer to the Lord in a loving Christian community, a community of imperfect, flawed people. Pastor, are you saying I'm messed up? Yeah. That's why I said it by looking down. <laughs> so no one can blame me for looking at them when I said it. But one of the things that impresses me about this story, as I said, the blind man obviously didn't know much about Jesus. His first encounter with the Lord is him making mud out of dirt and spit and putting it on his eyes. I can't help but share, whenever I read this story, the thought comes to my mind, it's probably a good thing at this point, he's blind. <laughs> to, to the natural man, to see this happening and him coming at me, he might be going, dude, what do you intend to do with that mud? He might have responded differently had he seen things unfolding. Then Jesus makes this mud and then puts it on his eyes. And I love the way the scriptures say it. So high church didn't just put it on his face. He anointed him with it. He says, Go wash and he does and he comes away healing what faith is demonstrated here how many of us have been in situations where god asked you to do something or god asked you to go somewhere or god asked you to be part of something and didn't quite tell you the whole story we need faith like that that basically when jesus says go we go when Jesus says, do, we do. We have no record of the, what this man was thinking or what he was expecting. And there's no record that Jesus promised him anything. He just said, go and wash. What a miracle. He went and washed in the pool of Siloam and came back healed. Again, anyone ever experienced God moving in your life, but he didn't quite give you the whole explanation? Anyone ever get a word from the Lord? that made you scratch your head? 
You want me to do what? You want me to love who? Hmm. Is there anybody else up there? I'm sure this man had many things going on in his mind. And I'm sure he washed in that pool many times. But this time was different. And it was because the healer was on the scene. God often doesn't tell us the whole story. He's looking for an act of faith and an act of obedience. And the reality is, if God told us the whole story, we'd be probably less likely to go forward anyway. But by faith, we can trust that if Jesus starts the story, the story is going to have a glorious ending. What a moment that must have been to see for the very first time. To be able to all of a sudden see the birds that you've been hearing. To see the flowers. To see the trees. To see the temple looming over that pool. He returns home and finds out he's a celebrity. Is this the guy who was blind? Are you sure? You look like him. But are you really him? And he's got to keep saying, it's me, guys. It's me. If this were happening in our day, he would have made the talk show circuit. Cable news would have had a field day with this. Medical science would have been examining him. Okay, we have records that you were blind. And someone took spit and dirt, made mud, and that healed you. Let's look into this more deeply. Just as in our day, just as in... Are there those in his day? The people knew or thought they knew everything about everything. They asked him what happened. He tells them, a man sped on the ground, made mud, put it on my face. I washed. I can now see. And then they bring him to church, to the religious leaders. This man was blind from birth, he could not see the impact, the infirmity, the reduction of humanity based on all that was going on around him. All he could do was beg for a living. And now he can see. And all the religious leaders can think about is what day it is, what day of the week it is. He healed on the Sabbath. This work must be the work of a sinner because he broke one of our rules. And the crowd is like, are you nuts? How could signs like this be the work of a sinner? And what does the blind man say after being constantly questioned and being asked to repeat the story? In John chapter 9, verse 25, he answered and said, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, though I was blind, now I see. Church, though I was blind, now I see. People can argue about Jesus all they want. Different church groups can come together and argue about different fine points. All I know is I was blind and now I see. I was lost and now I'm found. I was in turmoil, but now I have peace. I was unsettled, but now I have rest. 
I was alone, but now I have Jesus. First Peter chapter one, verse number six is where I'll start reading. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing him, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Some of your translations may say, instead of inexpressible, unspeakable. Church, we have a joy that is inexpressible and unspeakable. Whatever the world thinks it has, whatever the world thinks it knows, I have a joy that's inexpressible and full of glory, the half of which has never yet been told. These leaders were interested, much more interested, in how they could control this situation, how they could engineer or explain away this man's miracle. Their faith was in rules and regulations and in traditions. Now, by and large, traditions in themselves are not bad. But when our faith is in traditions rather than in the Son of God, then they've become an idol. Traditions by themselves aren't bad. And they can nurture my faith. And they can be a foundation for my faith. But my faith is not in traditions, especially as we approach holidays. Many of us have certain family traditions, and that's fine. But my faith, my joy, my peace is not in traditions. It's in the Son of Almighty God. He is the foundation of my faith. He is the one who gives me joy. They're not convinced So they ask his parents, is this your son? And is, was he born blind? Was he really blind from birth? And they do what any loving, protective, caring family would do. Ask him. He's on his own. They were intimidated by the religious leaders and feared, as the story then tells out, they would be put out of the synagogue. So lovingly, they say, ask him. And they do. They fear the leaders. So they ask the healing man again, what really happened? And in John chapter 9, verse 27, he answered them, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Now, have you ever been with in a place where you're watching two people argue and it's clear that the at least one of them doesn't really understand how upset the other one is and they say something and you're standing there thinking that's not going to go over well <laughs> they're not going to hear that as just some simple comment if i was standing right there i would have told that's that that now healed man i'm not sure that's going to help you out pal They couldn't get past their own fears. They couldn't get past their own insecurities. They couldn't get past the notion of losing control. 
and they couldn't just embrace a miracle. God help us and we can't simply embrace a miracle. But we've got to explain it away. We've got to dissect it ten ways. He was blind and now he sees. So we have a blind man who was healed and we have religious leaders who are criticizing the entire thing. Who really is blind here? So as the story then goes out in John chapter 9, the family is put out of the synagogue. Jesus hears what happens and goes to them. And he reveals to them who he is. And once they realize he is the Lord God, he is the Messiah, they do the only rational, reasonable thing. They bow down and worship him. And then Jesus says in John chapter 9, verse 39, toward the end of the story, and Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may be made blind. It is sad that these leaders, these who studied the word of God that they had, were truly blind. That is sad to me. When I see Christians that I've known for years, because they've allowed their feelings to get involved, go blind all of a sudden to the word of God. But I feel different now. So I'm looking at the scriptures differently. Let me make this clear. Our feelings don't interpret the word of God. It's the other way around. I've seen Christians work in churches for years. I've had the experience of friends who worked in other churches who then got involved in a ministry. And because of their involvement in the ministry, they're married. The person they're that's also working there is married. But they also all of a sudden got close to that person, got feelings for that other person. And the two wound up divorcing two people and then claiming well, if God didn't want us together, he wouldn't have put us in this situation. How blind can you be? When we can look at the scriptures only through the lens of how we feel, only through the lens of our own insecurities, only through the lens of whatever is going on in us at, the, at that moment. The word of God never changes. The word of God is clear. There is right. There is wrong. And the word of God is clear. We serve an almighty God, and he has one name, and his name is Jesus. So many today are just so blind. But as is really my focus often, I'm not going to comment to a great extent on the blindness in the world when we need to deal with the blindness among his people. Let judgment begin at the house of God. I'm less concerned with the morality of whoever sits in the White House than I am with the morality of who sits in the church house. They refuse to see how their choices, people, Christians who are blind, are ruining their lives. They refuse to see how their choices are creating the loneliness and the isolation that they're feeling. They refuse to see that although they say they're okay, things are not okay if they're not okay with Almighty God. 
And after all, I guess we have to just accept the fact that they know everything. Or at least everything that matters to them. Jesus, shine your light on me. Wash me. Wash me. Now it's interesting that Jesus took his own saliva, his own spit, and put it on the dirt. And I was reading one, one commentary from Tony Evans where he, he reminded us, reminded me, that's where we come from, dirt. And dirt was mixed with holy DNA. And it made someone see again. Now, I promise you, although I want to see the power of God move and heal, we're not going to be spitting on the ground here or creating dirt. We've just had the rugs cleaned, and we're not going to be doing any of this. No spit or dirt here. But Jesus, whatever you need to do to open my eyes, do it. Whatever you need to wash me so I can see clearly, do it. Lord, in a world that is forever redefining each and every day what is right, what is wrong, what is acceptable, what is unacceptable, and then debates things that seem so clear to me, Lord, wash my eyes. I don't want to see through the lens of popular opinion. I don't want to see through the lens of cancel culture. I don't want to see through the lens of an opinion poll. I want to see through the lens of the word of Almighty God. So whatever you need to do, Jesus, open my eyes that we can see Jesus. Stand with me, please.